Welcome to Living Life. Have you ever uh, been felt unsure about your salvation? Unsure about uh, whether or not, you know, you truly are in Christ? Um, you know, some days you feel more like a Christian than other days, up and down. Well, today when we look at this passage, um, I think the Lord has a lot to say in this passage through the Apostle Paul about the assurance of our salvation and understanding uh, that we have a, a certainty in terms of being in Christ Jesus. Um, the passage talks about um, uh, many other things with respect to God choosing us, um, but I really want to focus on the assurance piece be, so that it will bring not only clarity, but it will bring some stability and some certainty to our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at the passage. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believe, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of His glory. Welcome back to Living Life. This passage in Ephesians 
Uh, it's really uh, continues as the beginning of the theme that we're going to see through most of Ephesians uh, with respect to unity in the body. Uh, you have a, it is a typical salutation or greeting as the book begins uh, as well. But I really want us to focus on the unity because this is one of the major themes of this book of Ephesians. And because of that, we're going to understand that we have an inheritance with Christ in, in Christ. So as we uh, look at the, uh, the passage a little bit, we're going to begin to see also our assurance of salvation that we have. So starting off with the passage, uh, uh, the usual pronouncements or salutations and greetings uh, by Paul, the apostle of Jesus by the will of God. And then he says, and then usually the next part of it is to it's the recipient and it's to the people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. And then usually there's a blessing with the typical New Testament epistle letter, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Paul gets into it and says that we are blessed as Christians with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And then he goes through the passage and kind of talks about we have been we have been chosen, we have been, God has chosen before creation to adopt us into his family as sons. Um, but and then as he goes through the passage even more, he then begins to, to talk about the purpose of all of this, that his purpose is to bring all things, all people under the authority of Christ. But the thing that really jumps out at me in this passage is when it, talking about our inheritance and talking about the fact that our unity, because we're united with Christ, those two are linked. And because we're united with Christ, we have an inheritance through uh, with Christ. And what is that? What is that inheritance? Well, first, uh, when we look at the passage, it's for those who trusted or believed first to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. This passage says that in you were also included, you Gentiles, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, or when you believed, you were mocked in him with the seal, which is the promised Holy Spirit, which is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance of, of the possession of those who are God's to the praise of his glory. Well, when we break that passage down, it starts out and it says, and you were included, and you could just put your name in there if your name is Bob, put your name in there. If your name is Sarah, put your name in there. If your name is Mike, put your name in there. Because he's speaking to you. Because Paul is speaking, but he's really speaking by the Holy Spirit. It says, you were also included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17. When we heard the word of truth, uh, we faith came but through the message of hearing the message of Christ. So you were also included when you heard the word of truth. What is the word of truth? The word of truth is the truth about the gospel, the truth about who Jesus Christ is. And it tells us, which is the gospel, the word of truth is the gospel of your salvation, the good news of your salvation. We have received good news uh, because we have a savior uh, who is Jesus Christ. So. It starts out there, not only when you believed, it says when you believed, you were mocked in him. So we hear the word of truth, 
we hear the, which is the gospel of our salvation. And when we believe, this is what happens. We are mocked in him with a seal, which is the promised Holy Spirit. A seal is a few, there's a few things when we look at a seal. Also take a look at Ephesians 4.30 because it also talks about being sealed. But a seal is a, is a sign of a finished transaction. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. It, it's a finished transaction. He did the work. Uh, there's nothing left for us to do. Uh, Jesus paid the price. Uh, he did the work, so it is done. It's not what we do, it's what Jesus did on the cross. So when we heard the word of truth, we were mocked in him with the seal. Not only is it a finished transaction, but it's also a sign of possession. When you seal something, you're saying that this belongs to me. And when God mocks us with a seal, he's saying that we belong to him. And this is important to know that we belong to him and we're mocked with a seal. And it's a finished transaction. All the work has been done in our lives. But the other thing, you were mocked with him with a seal, which is the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 9 says, if the spirit of Christ lives in you, you belong to Christ. So we're mocked with the seal, which is the promised Holy Spirit that comes to live in us, comes to reside in us. Wow. God's own presence residing in us, the Holy Spirit living in us based upon our believing, our confession of Jesus Christ. But not only are we mocked with the seal, which is the promised spirit, but it is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is also a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. There's that word, inheritance. We have an inheritance because we're united with Christ. So the Holy Spirit is that deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Now, when we think about deposits, for example, if we want to buy clothes or shoes or uh, something from the store, we may put a deposit down or earnest money down. And we do that to say, it, this is my intention. I'm giving you this money because I intend to come back and, and purchase this item or obtain this item. So we put a deposit down. But we we all know that every deposit that is put down that is put down, the person does not always come back and get the item, even though they put a deposit. As a matter of fact, some deposits are non-refundable, so you can't get your deposit back. But we don't always get the item that we may have put a deposit down. But here, it says it's the Holy Spirit's deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. This is, these are words of certainty. These are words of insurance. So this deposit is a deposit, is a surety that Jesus Christ is coming back for you, guaranteeing your inheritance to those who are God's possession, to redemption of those who are God's possession. What about this idea of redemption of those who are God's, in, uh, uh, God's possession? Well, redemption carries three ideas. Redemption for our past failures, our past sins. Uh, presently, we are being redeemed and we will be redeemed. Um, so redemption literally means to buy back. It means to purchase or to ransom. 
God's plan of salvation and God's plan of redemption go together. But they are mutually exclusive, but at the same time, mutually dependent. God's plan of redemption is his overall plan to bring us back to himself, to redeem us uh, back to himself, to purchase us back to himself. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 tells us that we are not our own. We have been purchased. We have been bought at a price. So God redeems us. He brings us back to himself. So redemption God's plan of redemption is the objective. It's the end purpose. But salvation is the means to the end. It's the, it's the means by which we are redeemed. And they work together perfectly. And Jesus was the means by which we could be redeemed back to God because he paid the price for us at Calvary's cross. He was the ransom for us when we couldn't pay for ourselves. He was the only one who could pay. And he traded places with us. We went free, but he paid the price in his own death with his own blood. To the praise of God's glory, to the praise of his glory. The end goal of all of this, the end goal of God's plan of redemption, the end goal of uh, Jesus' salvation and his selfless uh, act on the cross is that those who would be redeemed will praise him and give him glory. You know, the Westminster Shorter Catechism um, says that there are two aims of men. Uh, one is to glorify God, and the other one is to enjoy Him forever. The end goal of all of this is to praise God, to glorify Him, and to enjoy Him forever. Are you praising God? in accordance with his plan of redemption and his salvation plan for you. If you know God, that's what you should be doing, praising him for the life that you have, that he has given you by his free gift, which Jesus paid for. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for your awesome plan of redemption. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. This program is made by listeners of your a Singing a world of stepping in closer, CGM.